This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman, bringing clarity to Washington, D.C. news. We see corruption at every level in Washington. Exposing the deception plaguing our nation's capital. Not only what he told every Republican senator, but what he told the press over and over and over again was a simple lie. And helping Christians stay informed about government. This puts a bigger burden on voters to go figure out what's actually going on. This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman on American Family Radio. Welcome to Exposing Washington on the American Family Radio Network. Glad to have you here on the show. American Family Radio, as I mentioned, is the network. AFR.net is our website, and this is Exposing Washington. I am your host, Walker Wildman. Glad to be with you this Saturday afternoon. A lot of things going on in the news, a lot of things going on in Washington, and we're going to cover all of them. But before we get started, I want to tell you a couple ways to keep up with the show. First off, we are on YouTube. We are on YouTube, so you can go to YouTube, type in Exposing Washington, find the show page there. You can watch uh, the show on YouTube. And lastly, you can uh, follow me on Facebook or Twitter. Just type in my name on Facebook or Twitter, Walker Wildman, on social media, and, and, and keep up with me. That way, I post a lot of the show content on the social media pages. So a lot of ways to keep up with the show. Uh, You can download the AFR app, the American Family Radio app on your smartphone or your tablet device. Just type in AFR in the App Store. So let's jump right into the news today. You know, there's been a lot going on in Washington. Just just to go a brief overview of what all is going on, you have this, this, this fight, this battle over border wall funding, over whether the Congress will fund President Trump's border wall, or at least a fraction of it. You have that going on. We talked about it last week on the show. Then you have President Trump announcing uh, his th- the withdrawal of U.S. military troops from Syria. That's going on. That's pretty big news. We're going to talk about that. And lastly... You have the whole Robert Mueller investigation uh, that's ongoing and never-ending. I've said it's never going to end. And any news story that tells you it's going to end anytime soon, they're probably lying to you. It's not going to end anytime soon unless President President Trump fires Robert Mueller and closes down shop. And Robert Mueller is going to carry this thing on into the 2020 election cycle. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. I mean, we're already in the 2020 primary election cycle. People are already starting to declare for president in 2020. And so Robert Mueller is going to carry this thing out, bring down the Trump presidency. That's his goal. Will he succeed? That's to be determined. But that's all that's going on in Washington. That's a little flyover. But let's jump right in to this decision that President Trump made that seemed to take people off guard. But oh, it didn't take me off guard. And that is President Trump this week pledged are announced that within the next 30 days, the United States will be pulling the majority, the vast majority of our military assets from Syria, and we're bringing our troops back home to to America. That's what President Trump announced this week. Now, people acted like this was a surprise. We didn't know this was coming. 
And they went on and on about how, how dare President Trump do this. This is a bad decision. And I just want to flash back. A year ago, President Trump made this speech on the war in Afghanistan, which is a similar war, different context. But nonetheless, it's a Middle East war where America's involved and nobody knows why we're involved. But let's play clip two. This is President Trump in 2017, last year. And this is his speech on Afghanistan and the, and the, and the plan in the, on the war in Afghanistan. And I expected him to come and do this speech and say, we're, we're pulling out of Afghanistan. We have no purpose there. But instead, listen to this. This is clip two. President Trump justifying the endless war in Afghanistan. Let's listen. The men and women who serve our nation in combat deserve a plan for victory. They deserve the tools they need and the trust they have earned to fight and to win. Second, the consequences of a rapid exit are both predictable and unacceptable. 9-11, the worst terrorist attack in our history, was planned and directed from Afghanistan because that country was ruled by a government that gave comfort and shelter to terrorists. A hasty withdrawal would create a vacuum that terrorists, including ISIS and Al-Qaeda, would instantly fill, just as happened before September 11th. And as we know, in 2011, America hastily and mistakenly withdrew from Iraq. So President Trump there, that's a year ago, President Trump there just boxed himself in. He just boxed himself in, and you want to know why he did it? Because he had poor advisors, poor military and national security advisors giving him advice. Guess who helped form that speech that I just played? H.R. McMaster, the national security advisor who has since gone from the White House. And so President Trump campaigned on getting American troops, American men and women out of the Middle East. What on earth are we doing over there? Nobody knows. He campaigned on that. And then he gets into office and he's like, well, we're going to stay over there for the you know, for the foreseeable future. We're just going to stay over there. And then he, you know, went on and on about how the world's going to end if America pulls out of, I'm talking about President Trump here. He went on and on about how if, if the U.S. pulls out of the Middle East, it's going to burn, you know, and, and my theory is, so what? It burns. I mean, it's going to burn either way. It's been burning for hundreds of years over there, arguably thousands of years. I mean, the, the, the wars over there are endless. They're always ongoing. But my point in playing that clip is, is that was a mistake. When President Trump came out a year ago and said, we're staying in Afghanistan, that was a mistake. That was widely discouraging to the people who sent President Trump to the White House, the American people. But this week, President Trump finally got, finally did what he promised the American people during the campaign. And he announced the military withdrawal from Syria. He campaigned on this. This should be no surprise. President Trump, for the most part, has campaigned on things and he follows through with them. So it should not come to a surprise 
that President Trump follows through on something that he promises. Another person who agrees that this was a great decision to pull out of Syria is a fellow by the name of Chris Witten. He's a former uh, President Trump's uh, State Department advisor. He, w- he worked at the State Department. He was an advisor to the Trump administration. Let's play clip one here. This is Chris Witten on why it was a good move for President Trump to withdraw from Syria. Let's listen. President Trump did absolutely the right thing. He is completely correct. ISIS is defeated as an organized military and political force. Of course, there are going to be some struggles. Remember, there are Japanese holdouts coming out of the jungle two decades after that war ended. But as an organized force, as a military force that was able to hold significant territory in Syria and Iraq, ISIS is kaput. Trump is right to pull it out and right to do it precipitously because why give your opponents, and we saw some a taste of them earlier, a chance to, uh, frankly, create a lot of unjust fear. Um, By pulling out, the president also has an ability to focus on where the real threats are in the world we face, like China, not in cowboys and Indians in the Middle East. You know, that's exactly right. So that that was Chris Witten, somebody we probably never heard before on the show. But that's Chris Witten, who's a former State Department advisor to President Trump. And, And, you know, he makes some good points there. The last point he made was, we need to get out of the Middle East because we're over there playing cowboys and Indians. And that's exactly right. The Middle East is the most chaotic scene in the world because nobody's in charge. You have Russia in, in the Middle East. You have Then you have the local governments. You have Syria, the, Assad. You have Iran up here doing all kind of stuff. You have Afghanistan, Iraq. And who's in charge in those places? There's like... You know, you got tribes over here and you got leaders over here and governments over here and there's nobody in charge. And, you know, one thing that I don't hear from the people that are criticizing President Trump for withdrawing the troops from Syria. Here's what they say. It will destabilize the region. It will create a vacuum for the Islamic jihadist to take back control of the Middle East, and they go on and on like that. And they say it's a betrayal of American allies and partnerships. But here's the one thing they don't talk about. They will not not go on the record, the detractors, the, the warmongers, the people who like to be in constant wars in the Middle East, here's what they won't say. They will not say... When is a good time for the U.S. to get out of the Middle East? Here's what they'll say. They'll say, you know, we just need to make sure it's a a calculated decision to get out of the Middle East, make sure it's a good timing decision, make sure the Middle East is stable when we get out. The Middle East is never going to be stable. That's what these folks don't understand, or they do understand it, and they're just just being deceitful. But the Middle East is never going to be stable, my friends. The only thing stable in the Middle East is Israel. That's the only stable ally we have in the Middle East. So President Trump uh, announcing a decision to get out of out of Syria is a good decision. And 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 as I've just mentioned several times, if you think that that ISIS and the radical Islamic jihadist that, that one day we're going to have complete victory over them. Who are we kidding? This is an ideology. This is not a traditional war. 
We are fighting. Yes, we're holding back in the Middle East by the U.S. being over there. Yes, we're holding back the Islamic jihadists from taking control of that entire region. Yes, I will grant that. But why is that our responsibility? The only responsibility we have in the Middle East is to protect Israel. Is to protect Israel. That's the only responsibility we have in the Middle East. But playing cowboys and Indians in Syria, Iraq, Afghanistan, we have no place doing that. And we have we got special forces in, in Africa. We've dropped 40 bombs this year in Africa. Now tell me how that works. <laughs> Dropping bombs in foreign countries, foreign sovereign countries. So it's time to pull back on all these endless wars. You know, if, I hate to say this, but I'm going to say it, if the Islamic jihadists somehow muster back up their influence in, in, in Syria and Afghanistan and places like that, so what? Why is that America's responsibility to babysit the Middle East? As I mentioned, the only strategic interest we have in the Middle East is to protect Israel. If we would like to set up military bases in Israel, right on the border of Israel, to protect Israeli interest, I'm good with that. I'm good with bombing, with bombing Syria, Iraq, Afghanistan, whoever we got to bomb, Iran, in the Middle East to protect Israel. But unless you can make the connection that fighting these endless wars protects Israel, then there's no other connection you can make to justify, in my mind, the endless wars in the Middle East. But nonetheless, I'll move on and let somebody else talk. This is clip three. This is Senator Rand Paul on how he approves of President Trump's decision. Let's listen. Well, this is a very bold move for President Trump. It's exactly what he promised the American people. In fact, it's one of the reasons he won the election is that he's different than so many Republicans that want to be everywhere all the time around the world, that they want us to be the world's policemen, that every war on the planet we've got to have our soldiers involved with. President Trump said he was going to treat America first. And so I think bringing some of that money home, whether it goes towards border security, whether it goes towards building bridges and roads in our country. See, I think there are a lot of independent voters and a lot of people in the middle in these states that President Trump won, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. These are states that no other Republican won because they want to be at war everywhere all the time. President Trump said, we're going to fight when we have to, but when we win, we're going to come home. It's an incredibly bold maneuver. All of the naysayers in Washington will be against him. But guess what? If you ask the American people, this is why President Trump won the election. Okay. That's exactly right. Two things there. The first thing is Senator Rand Paul hinted that, that there are people who would like to be in endless wars. And let me just note this. First off, this, this segment where, I am, where I'm talking about there, that we have to get out of the Middle East from a military standpoint with the exception of protecting Israel, which we need a massive military base in Israel, which I believe is in the works. We need, but, but let me get back to Senator Rand Paul there. We, America cannot nation build. We are horrible at nation building. Not, not because we don't have the skills or the money or the mindset. Nation building is virtually impossible 
without one thing, without the support of the, the, of the locals, of the natives. If you go in trying to build a constitutional republic in the Middle East where the people are for Sharia law, even the, quote, moderate Muslims, they're fine with Sharia law, whatever Allah says, whatever the Quran says, to think that you can go in there and take a Judeo-Christian idea of liberty, freedom, individual responsibility, economic prosperity, capitalism, to think you can take that Judeo-Christian thought and idea into a foreign country where people hate America and that you can somehow get a civilized country out of that, that's naive, to say the least. That's not going to happen. But I digress. You get my point. Good job for President Trump on pulling out of Syria. Yes, he will get a lot of blowback. Yes, ISIS and others could fill the vacuum. But we can't stay over there into eternity. At some point, our sons and our daughters, our brothers and our sisters and our parents have to come home from the Middle East because we can't stay over there shedding American blood for what purpose? Other than playing police in the Middle East. Protect Israeli interest. Other than that, out of the Middle East. Let's move on. Also this week, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, President Trump has... He's kind of gone back and forth. He's waffled on this. At first, he said, I'm going to shut down the government if I don't get my border wall funding. Then he kind of softened his approach. Sarah Sanders came out and said, well, we're willing to negotiate. We might do a a short-term deal to fund the government. But there's two different angles here. The first angle, before I start talking about the angle of the White House, the first angle is that This whole shutdown business, this whole idea that we wait until the last minute to fund our government should anger every American. Democrat, Republican, liberal, conservative, I don't care who you are. The idea that our, that our, I got to be nice here because I want to say, I want to say not nice words to explain our, our lawmakers in Washington. But the very shallow-minded, let me just say that, are they're doing this or they're doing this on purpose? I don't know. But the politicians in Washington who think it's a good idea to wait until the day of 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 the funding lapse for our government to work on a budget deal, this is this is ignorant. This is ignorant. And it's irresponsible to wait until the day our government runs out of money to now work about worry about funding the government. And see, this is what I talk this is what I'm talking about here. When I complain about how things work in Washington, it's so broken. Republican and Democrat, it's broken. Because here's what they do, and this this is intentional. This is intentional. Here's what Congress does. The leadership in Congress. They wait. They they delay 
on, on carrying out their responsibility to fund our government with our tax dollars, here's what they do. They, they delay and they filibuster. They hold hearings on stuff that, that nobody even cares about. They hold these, they had these endless investigations where they waste time. Nobody's held responsible. We've talked about it here. They bring in James Comey, director of the FBI, and he, he doesn't even have to answer Congress's questions. So why bring him in there? Why bring in all these people? Why bring in Mark Zuckerberg from Facebook? Why bring in Jack Dorsey from Twitter? And, and you have these Russia hearings. You, you get the point. Congress brings in all these people. They have all these investigations and hearings. Oh, we're going to get to the bottom of it. You know, we're going to find out whether Trump colluded with Russia. This is Congress under Republican leadership. So they have all these distractions over here, all these mojos. And the whole time, they're neglecting one of the most basic responsibilities, and that's to fund our government. And then the day comes where the government's out of money. And they go, oh, we got to hurry up and get this done. I forgot. This is intentional. You know why it's intentional? They man, these are manufactured crisis, crises so that these swamp rats in Washington can cram through all the wasteful spending that they want in a matter of 24 hours. That's why they do this, because it's dysfunctional, and they know what they're doing, and this is the way the swamp works. This is the way the swamp works. We rush things through at the last minute and we act like it's a crisis when the whole time for the last six months, Congress has knew Congress knew that they needed to fund the government, but they waited to the last minute. And this is what the American people get. But President Trump has to get his border wall funding and he has to get it ASAP. If President Trump is not willing to shut down the government, and he actually has said in the last 24 hours he's willing to, but President Trump has to shut down the government and he has to get the border wall funding because if he doesn't, he's going to have a tough time winning in 2020. He's going to have a tough time winning re-election in 2020, but this isn't just about re-election. I'm tired of people talking about if Trump doesn't do this, he won't get re-elected. If Trump doesn't do this, he won't get re-elected. If Trump does this, he'll get re-elected. This is not all about getting re-elected. We actually need a border wall. This is not politics. This is not politics. Another person who agrees with me, Stephen Miller from the White House, uh, uh, White House advisor, Stephen Miller. This is clip four. Listen to Stephen Miller and why we need a border wall on the southern border. Let's listen. We are about five days from potential government shutdown, and Republican leadership says there's no plan. What is the president's plan, and will he shut it down to get this $5 billion in border wall funding? We're going to do whatever is necessary to build the border wall to stop this ongoing crisis of illegal immigration. And that means this is a down? This is a very, if it comes to it... Absolutely. This is a very fundamental issue. At stake is the question of whether or not the United States remains a sovereign country, whether or not we can establish and enforce rules for entrance into our country. The Democrat Party is a simple choice. They can either choose to fight for America's working class or to promote illegal immigration. You can't do both. Is there wiggle room on that five billion? I'm not going to negotiate the details on air with you right now. Well, Senator but Schumer said this morning you're not getting the border wall in if any the, form. If the Democrat Party... Wants to, if the Democrat Party wants to go down the road of continuing to preserve a model that enriches smuggling organizations, that spreads misery on both sides of the border. 
There you have it, Stephen Miller. He needs to be the spokesperson on immigration every time there's an interview because Stephen Miller gets it. He's tough. He gets it. That's why President Trump still has him around two years after the White House, after the Trump inauguration. Stephen Miller gets it. He understands the real-world consequences of not having a border wall. And Stephen Miller is exactly right. The drug cartels are flourishing. Illegal immigration is flourishing, all because the Democrats and some Republicans will not fund the border wall. Last angle I want to take on this is the fact that, let's just say President Trump doesn't sign the funding bill because he wants his border wall funding. By the way, $5 billion is, is change. It's chump change. They, the Congress passes four-plus trillion dollar spending bills. They send 70, 80, 100 billion to these hurricane relief areas. And President Trump can't get five billion? This is a joke. But the last area I want to address here is one where, yeah, a partial government shutdown might occur, but we're talking like 10 to 15 percent of the entire massive oversized federal government. And here are a couple of the departments that might shut down should the funding not occur. The Department of Education, the EPA, things like that. And I know there are Americans who work at those places who their paycheck, their paycheck might be delayed a week or two. I understand the real-world consequences of a government shutdown, of a partial government shutdown. But on the other hand, American citizens are dying every day. Yes, that's not an overstatement. American citizens are dying. Their blood is being shed in American streets every day because of illegal immigrant, drug cartels, murderers, MS-13 members. They're killing, they're preying on Americans every day. I think the Department of Education, which I think is unconstitutional, I think the Department of Education can close its door for a couple days to save American lives. I think that can happen. And I think it would be great if we could keep our government fully funded and get the border wall, but you're going to have to talk to the Democrats about that one. Because the Democrats, here's the Democrat Party. President Trump needs to pound this on live television. Here's the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party wants open borders because they want to destroy America. That's what the American people need to understand. And I think most of them do. The Democrat Party wants open borders or no borders because they want to let drug cartels, illegal immigrants flow into our country and bring down the, the America as we know it so that the Democrats can get amnesty and have, and have Hispanic voters into eternity. That's what the Democrats want to do. It's all about the destruction of America. Exposing Washington American Family Radio. We'll be back next week, but until then, stay tuned to American Family Radio.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.